Hello, welcome back to Eco Chic. My name is Laura Diaz. I hope you are doing really well today. It's gotten a little bit warm in Colorado this week. I know I said last week I was like getting into the fall spirit and I'm still doing all the fall things. Like I'm still making pumpkin bread and trying to get the house cozy before the holidays but it just feels like a little bit of a false start so I'm definitely thinking about climate change all day every day this week. The last couple of years that I've lived in Colorado we've had at least one big snow before Halloween and it doesn't really seem like that's gonna be happening this year which is a little disappointing but c'est la vie. Today's episode is you and me chit-chatting about fast fashion, one of our favorite topics here on Eco Chic. but I wanted to dive a little bit further. I'm really glad that fast fashion has become such a buzzword. It's become such a point of conversation online, and we are becoming more and more comfortable, I think, as a collective, acknowledging the really awful environmental and ethical implications of ultra consumption. But I also think that there's this other layer of it where we think we know fast fashion, but it is far more prevalent than we may believe. So today we're talking about like secret fast fashion. That's what I want to call this. I've done plenty of episodes in the past about fast fashion, how to spot fast fashion, what we are associating with fast fashion, and I can link some resources in the show notes if you want to go back and listen to some of those episodes. But for the purposes of today's conversation, I want to outline at a really high level the three things that I am considering fast fashion techniques or qualifications. So first off, we have really quick, rapid production and turnover. So we're talking about brands that can design, produce, and distribute their clothing, their pieces really quickly. There are retailers that can put things up in a matter of weeks. It's been said that Shein has over a thousand pieces hitting their website every single day. So this rapid production, rapid turnover is the fast part of fast fashion. And then coming along to support this production and turnover are, of course, environmental concerns. So fast fashion has, of course, a very negative environmental impact. We're talking about really high levels of waste and pollution associated with that quick turnover of pieces. We're talking about really extensive uses of chemicals and dyes and synthetic materials so that all of these pieces can be created at really low costs. And these all have negative environmental impacts. So as a result, a very often pairing with the concept of slow fashion is environmentally friendly fashion, sustainable fashion. And then finally, the third technique or piece of the puzzle here is around labor practices. This is what I consider perhaps the most unfortunate, the most devastating, the most in your face part of the fast fashion conversation is around the labor practices. Fast fashion is very often associated with low labor costs and really unethical factory conditions. And this is all to play into the low cost of that item when it finally gets to you. A lot of fast fashion brands are outsourcing production to countries where labor is either inexpensive, labor is unregulated, or very poorly regulated. This, again, can lead to concerns around the working conditions, the wages, labor rights, labor issues. I've had a couple of episodes on this in the past that I can link in the show notes as well. But all in all, fair labor practices in the fashion industry, that activism very often is paired with more sustainable or slower fashion cycles. I ran through those points really quickly, but I wanted to make sure that we had a baseline for today's conversation. I think if you're just learning about fast fashion for the first time, you have to really focus on that word fast. Why is it fast? What systems allow fashion to be fast? What systems allow us to 
hyper consume to buy things at low cost so that we can throw them away or why can we buy things that are poor quality that break down after one or two washes why do we live in a system of fast zooming out a little bit i think that there are tiers when we consider big bad fast fashion We'll start with the obvious. When we talk fast fashion, very often people immediately think of Shein. This is the biggest online fast fashion retailer. Clothing is so unbelievably low cost. You can find things for a single dollar sometimes. And like I said earlier, there are sometimes a thousand plus pieces hitting their website every single day. This is the epitome of fast fashion. It is the fastest fashion that we have seen in today's day and age. But when we consider other online fast fashion, we can also consider brands like ASOS and Boohoo. Fashion Nova is another one. These are all brands that have been around for a little bit longer, but they have almost exclusively existed in our brains as when I say us, it's like a collective society as online websites. These are online places to buy our clothing. These are places where you may find clothing that is a little bit more inexpensive. It's a little bit trendy. And they're websites that have always kind of catered to trend cycles. These were definitely a fuel to the machine that is Shein today. Amazon fashion could be its own episode. It is the largest fashion retailer in the world. Amazon fashion, the ultra consumption that comes from not only low quality, inexpensive pieces, but also two-day shipping, that immediate satisfaction is a beast. And I, I could do a whole deep dive on Amazon fashion. It's honestly fascinating to think about how we've normalized shopping for clothing on Amazon and again, how it is the largest fashion retailer in the world. But beyond these websites, for longer than there's been online ultra hyper consumption, there was enough time for these pieces, once upon a time, these fast pieces to make it out of the warehouse and into shopping malls. And this is where the secrecy comes in on today's episode. It's talking about brands that we don't associate necessarily with like shopping online. So we don't immediately recognize that they're fast fashion brands. The fast of the fast fashion here is hidden behind other things that make you more comfortable with shopping there. Some of these brands, we sometimes call them mall fast fashion brands or the mall brands. These are Zara, H&M, Forever 21, Topshop is also a mall fast fashion brand, which has historically been a standalone brand internationally. It's based out of the UK, but in the US, they also have a Topshop line or a Topshop section at Nordstrom. So they've kind of sneakily become associated with more of a legacy mall store that is Nordstrom. A common feature of all of these obvious fast fashion mall brands, Zara, H&M, Forever 21, Topshop, they're all typically quite large stores, high ceilings. They feel like they have a lot of stuff in them. And that definitely tracks, of course, the fast part of these models is really turning over trends quite quickly. But there is a very obvious feel to the store that is different from any other store in the mall. There is something about these stores that is clearly catering to younger shoppers, shoppers that are looking for something a little bit more trendy, almost a little bit more disposable, so to speak. They are all of similar price ranges. I think that's also an interesting part of the mall fast fashion brands. They are just expensive enough that you feel like you might be getting a good quality item, but they're also low enough that you can justify purchasing multiple of the same thing or you can justify purchasing many things at the store at once you can justify the disposability of it after the season whatever it may be 
So there's something a little bit more sneaky about the mall fast fashion brands, especially compared to something like a Shein or a Fashion Nova, those online sites we said earlier, that are selling things for relatively dirt cheap. But when you're buying it at the mall, you're paying for the experience, you believe. You're buying something of a little bit higher quality because you're buying it in a store. Again, that's not necessarily like true or untrue. It's just a perception. It's like the psychology of buying something in a store feels like it should be more expensive than buying something online. Quick break to tell you about Factor. The fall season is fully in swing and we are all busier than ever. Maybe you're back in school, maybe your kids are back in school, everyone's back in the office after some summer breaks, there is a lot going on and you deserve wholesome, convenient meals for those jam-packed days. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Factor meals are fresh, never frozen, and ready in just two minutes. You can choose from over 34 weekly flavor-packed, they're dietitian approved and they're delivered right to your door. There's a factor meal for whatever your lifestyle. There's lunch to go options, which are effortless wholesome meals like grain bowls and salad toppers. And you can also level up with their gourmet plus options prepared to perfection by chefs with ingredients like truffle, broccolini, leeks, asparagus. And with factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of delivery emissions, source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. There's no prep, there's no mess. Head to factormeals.com slash ecochic50 and use code ecochic50 to get 50% off. That's code ecochic50 at factormeals.com slash ecochic50 to get 50% off. Now there's this other tier of mall fast fashion brands that you may have an inkling it is fast fashion because of the price, but the physical store environment doesn't really feel like a fast fashion store. The items that they're carrying don't necessarily feel ultra trendy. So brands like this might be Primark. Primark is an Irish fast fashion brand. It has a lot of international stores or Uniqlo is a Japanese fast fashion brand, and they're a little bit more focused on low-cost staple pieces. So while it is fast fashion, you can buy basics for your wardrobe. It doesn't necessarily feel like that trendiness that you associate with fast fashion. Now, I think where people are sometimes surprised are brands like Gap and Old Navy. So these are staple classic mall stores, for lack of a better word. Fast fashion feels like a new concept because we've been talking about it so much lately in the mainstream, but brands like Gap and Old Navy have been employing these fast fashion techniques to some extent forever. So they're low-cost clothing at the price of the unethical factory conditions, low wages, exploitative resource acquisition. Now, especially important within the conversations of stores like Gap and Old Navy that we associate with like more classic mall staple brands, whatever it may be to you, I think we sometimes forget that fast fashion has only become faster over time. It's not like it was immediately fast all at once. What we used to think of as seasons for clothing are now sometimes just weeks, sometimes days. So 20 years ago, a store like The Gap could have the same pieces out for three months and then they'll mark them down, they'll discard them, whatever. But maybe now it's only three weeks that a piece is on display before it gets marked down to ultra clearance and eventually that piece is sent to a landfill. That also means that quality has decreased over time. So not all at once, like I said earlier. Gap jeans, for example, from the 90s are such a hot thing to thrift because the argument is that you can have them forever. They're really high quality jeans. I have this super slay pair of Gap overalls that were my mom's when she was my age. There's like photos of her actually pregnant wearing these overalls. And I wear them all the time. They're in incredible shape. I wash them all the time. They don't need any special treatment. I love these overalls. 
and they were purchased from a brand that was employing to some extent fast fashion techniques in the 90s. We cannot necessarily assume that the same Gap jeans of 1990 are the same as the Gap jeans of 2023. We can understand that as clothing cycles have gotten faster, as prices have increased, as brands have felt pressure to put out more and more in their stores over time, the quality of those pieces has to decrease. There just simply isn't enough time, enough energy to put into these individual pieces when you're putting out so many of them. I want to talk about another one that I think is really kind of funny in the conversation of fast fashion is brands that we always assume as like legacy fast fashion brands. A similar example would be Forever 21. Forever 21 was founded in 1984, so it's been around long enough that there is vintage Forever 21. This is really interesting. It's like an interestingly coveted thing to thrift, vintage Forever 21, because clothing of that time of the 90s was higher quality, despite this being a business model that was always obviously low cost, low quality clothing. Low quality Forever 21 of the mid 90s is not the same as the Forever 21 that you're buying today in the mall. Switching gears just a little bit into yet another tier in my mind of fast fashion, I'm really excited about this one because it feels the sneakiest. A space where I think we associate even less with fast fashion is the fast fashion that's sold at big box stores like Target and Walmart. Target and Walmart are two huge stores that have many in-house brands. We always think of in-house brands, or maybe we, I always think of in-house brands, as the different white labeled options of their basics. So like the up and up brand is a target brand. But similarly, those same practices exist within the clothing sections of these stores. So at Target, you have in-house brands like Wild Fable, like A New Day, Universal Thread. These are clothing pieces that are sometimes really casual, sometimes they're trendy, sometimes they're more affordable because you're buying them at stores that you're associating with your everyday shopping. Like the pricing of these clothing pieces makes sense within the context of the store, so they have to be relatively low-priced clothing items. So similarly with Walmart, you have brands like No Boundaries, Time and True, George is a very long-standing in-house Walmart brand. Similarly, all of these brands are fast fashion. It's sometimes the clothing's trendy, sometimes it's basics. It's always low cost because it makes sense within the context of the store, but they're also relatively low quality because of the fast fashion practices that are being employed in order to sell these pieces at these stores. I think the people that are probably most heavily targeted for the brands of fashion at these big box stores are like the busy mom, the the parent, the caretaker. You have a kid that's growing out of clothes every day. You don't want to spend a lot of money or a lot of time on something that they're going to need to move on from in a couple of weeks. So the attraction of big box fast fashion is less about trends typically and more about time. The time you save by shopping there, shopping in bulk, shopping all in one place, shopping while you're already out, only wanting to go to one place, whatever that may be, it's about convenience. So the fast fashion models, even if it's not a trendy piece, even if you're not buying something with the intention of disposing of it immediately, it has to be low quality so you feel comfortable shopping and consuming fashion from that location. 
I also think from the environmental perspective, we often forget the scale of some of these brands and some of these companies. Like we can certainly understand that the amount of clothing that's sold at Walmart in a year is probably very comparative to the amount of clothing that's sold at an Old Navy or sold at even an H&M, a Forever 21, whatever it may be. These are huge stores with huge customer bases. People are sometimes buying these pieces at big box stores kind of mindlessly because they're already there. And again, they're saving time by shopping all in one place. The consumer being targeted by a brand like ASOS or like Shein is not the same as the consumer being targeted by a Walmart or Target in-house brand. Now, similarly to loop us off with this today, there are certainly hierarchies to all of the brands that I've mentioned. We can't say that shopping at Shein and shopping at Target are of equal harm, both ethically and environmentally. But I think the value in expanding our scope here is realizing that fast fashion is far, far more prevalent of a problem than we may imagine. In fact, I feel like fast fashion has become the norm as evident in this conversation. Retailers need to be fast if they want to compete with one another. It's just a matter of how obvious it is to you and I that they're all competing in the same way. That's where I'll close us today. I hope you learned a little something. I hope this was interesting. This was an interesting episode for me to research and put together. And like I mentioned, there will be some extra resources in the show notes, extra podcast episodes if you want to go back and learn a little bit more about any of these topics mentioned today. If you enjoyed this episode, it helps me out so, so much. If you share it with a friend, if you rate and review wherever you're listening to the show, And I love, love, love connecting on social media. So in the show notes, you'll find my links wherever you want to find me. I want to hear what you think of the episode. And I typically do some like deep dive videos after an episode comes out, whether it's with me alone or with a guest or whatever it may be. So if you want to learn a little bit more about any of these topics, you can find me on social. And with that, thanks so, so much for tuning in. I hope you have a really fabulous rest of your day and I'll talk to you very soon. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.